Welcome to the Real Sisters of Sobriety. We're real sisters and we're real sober. Hosted by the creator and founder of No Booze Babes, Shay Gomez, and her sober sister, Sydney. Let's get real, babes. Hello, hello, babes. We are real excited that you're tuning in to this week's episode of the Real Sisters of Sobriety podcast. I'm the older sister, Shay. I'm the youngest sister, Sydney. So today we're going to touch on a subject that we brought up in episode seven, where we answered all of your questions. One of you, babes, asked about our last straw stories, and Sid shared that part of her last straw was that she got a DUI. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that. You know that we like to keep it real, so it's going to get real deep. Sid, Mm -hmm. do you want to start us off? Because I feel like you would drive drunk a lot. Yeah, I would drive drunk a lot. It was actually really bad. (laughs) Sometimes sometimes I'd wake up and I'd be like, how did I get home? And then my car would be there. I was like, what? I was so confused. That's terrifying. So do you remember driving like were you aware or yeah you just kind of- so for my DUI um yeah tell us about the DUI like what happened like what were you doing the night before whatever okay tell it was my friend's birthday but my friend from Amsterdam was in town so we had like a few bottles of wine and then I was like oh we should go to so-and-so's birthday so we went there and then I got to a point where I was like oh I, I should be drinking water because I need to drive so the last like few hours of the night I was drinking water And I felt like I felt fine. I mean, obviously, in your drunk mind, you don't really know how you actually feel because like I would compare it to like, okay, like an hour ago, I felt like this and I, you know, like kind of like that. So then I got in my car um, with my friend and I started driving maybe like two blocks and then I got pulled over. Oh, my God. Two blocks. Do you remember what time it was? It was like 11 okay, so or something. Even that late. It was like a weekday. So it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't very late. But I guess the guy that pulled me over was like, I saw her from a mile away. Like he was like, like waiting just, there. Also, uh, he was like the biggest a-hole ever. Like when they say cops are mean, he was just not very, a good one. very mean. Yeah. Like even when he pulled me over, I like, I was like, oh, like, do you need to see my driver's license and registration? He was like, no, get out of the car. And I was like, this isn't proper protocol. First Mm -hmm. of all, I'm like trying to act like I know what's going on. (laughs) (laughs) So I had to do the whole test, like the sobriety test. And he had to do it like three times. So what was, what did that? So I had to like walk walk straight in line. Um, I had to try to do the ABCs backwards, which I'm like, who the heck can do that? Exactly. I'm like, I don't remember the ABCs. First of all, (laughs) last time I went to school, (laughs) I was like backwards. Uh, what else? And then I had to do a breathalyzer, but I could not blow on this thing. I don't know why I just could not do it. And he was like, I don't know if it's the breathalyzer. I don't know what it is. But you need to blow harder. And I was like, I can't like, I physically cannot. I have asthma, sir. Um, anywho, finally he was like, okay, you're being arrested for your DUI. And I had to put my hands behind my back and get in the cop car. And oh then God. I was like, I was like, oh my God. I'm going to jail right now. Like I was in the back of the car and I heard him like laughing. I was so pissed. I'm very passionate about how I feel. So I was like so angry at him. I was just like, I don't know. It was like awful. Yeah. How did that feel? Like when that sunk in, like I'm, I literally, this is like a movie. I have my hands by my back. Were you handcuffed? Yeah, I was handcuffed. I was like trying to do what people do. I was trying to get out of the handcuffs. 
Oh, as in why I'm gonna run away? I'm. You thought you were in a movie. In my like mind, like how can I get out of this? Like, and then I got there, and he tried to breathalyze me again, and it didn't work. So did it not work the first time? And he still got you for DUI? Yeah, because he he was like, oh, based on the testing, and I'm like, you literally did it three times. Like they could not figure out. I don't know. Obviously, I shouldn't have been driving, Mm -hmm. but I don't think like in that moment I was above anything. I don't know. Who am I to say? Above like the, the amount like you're allowed to drink because I was Sobrina, but I don't know. It happened. I mean, honestly, it's like, it shows me a lot that you actually remember all the tests and everything. Cause if that was a blur too, I'd be like, well, I remembered everything. I remember the day after I had to write everything down because once I got like my lawyer involved, I had to remember every step because Mm -hmm. I mean, it's important for everything. Yeah. But once I got in, oh my God, it was awful. Like the worst experience of my entire life. He was like, they asked me if I had any other piercings and I had my nipples pierced at the time mm-hmm. and I had to take them out. And the guy was like screaming at me to take them out because I refused to take them out. And I was like bawling my eyes out and he like wouldn't leave the room. And I was like, can you please leave the room? Like I'm uncomfortable with this. And like, he wouldn't leave the room. And I asked for like a woman officer and she came in, but the guy like still stayed in the room. And I, while I, I was taking them out, it felt just like very violate. Like, vi- like, yeah. But I guess once you're in, like I told my lawyer all that. And he was like, well, once you're in, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And I was like, cool, like cool, you're cool. in the wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, I've never done anything wrong. Like check my record. Like mm-hmm. I just felt like I was being like treated. Like I just ran someone over, which I could have, but all of that happened. And then I went to my jail cell all by myself. You were alone. Yeah. And was it like, what was it like? It was freezing. I was picking off paint on the side of the bricks. I was so cold and I asked for another blanket and she was like, no. And I was like, okay. they're so mean. It's like you like committed a full like murder. I crime. know. And then I was, oh my God. I was so sad <laughs> that I was crying and I was singing isn't she lovely you were not i was like singing it on full blast because that was my favorite song and i was like i was just singing it and bawling my eyes out and the guy next to me was like shut the fuck up oh my god oh that's so sweet and sad i know and and i was like no i kept singing so did they put you in like a I don't know, jail outfit situation. No, but I had to take off like my sweater and everything, which I was like, damn, I'm so cold. And like they said it was like, um, what is it like for their safety? Oh, cause I can't have a sweater. I don't know. Possibly like choke someone out, but the lady, no one even comes in your room. They literally, well, I guess you could harm yourself possibly, but that just seems a little, yeah, I guess, but they also have cameras on you. So I'm like, uh, yeah. So question, was it uh like, I don't even know the difference or anything, but I know that sometimes you go into a cell that like, it's like a sobering up cell. So were you in that or were you in like a real cell? Or you just didn't even know. I don't really know. Um, they kept threatening me to take me to like the Santa Ana jail. And they're like, that's the worst one. Like, you're not going to like it there. Like they kept threatening me because I wouldn't take out my piercings. And I was like, Jeez. what the heck and then I did my calls I got three calls and nobody answered oh my God. and I was like who'd you call no one's gonna find me here oh my God. no one's gonna I called mom 
I called dad and then I called um, my boyfriend at the time in Amsterdam and nobody answered. That's really sad. I know so it was then really what happened sad. The next day? You, did you sleep at all? Um, yeah, I guess kept trying to sleep, but it was so cold. So I was in there for 12 hours and I did six hours and I thought they'd let me out, but she was like, you have six more hours. I was like, oh. I was like, oh my oh. God, this is the longest 12 hours of my entire life. So the next day they like you sign papers and they let me out and it was like seeing the light for the first time. I was like, oh my God. I was like, I don't know. I felt like I was, were you like hung over at all or? Um, I was a little hungover, but I was more exhausted. Like exhausted. Like and- I felt like I was like, my body was shocked and stuff. Yeah. And, um, so the next day I started like walking to my car, wherever it was. And then my friend from Amsterdam that was with me, Helen, um, she was like, Oh my God, Sid. And like ran to me and hugged me. And like, wait, so you were close to your car. How, wait, what? So I got pulled over like a few blocks from the station. Oh, so they left my car there. Got it. And so the next day I was able to walk to it. Okay. Yeah. Well, at least you're able to do that. Gosh, can you imagine you're like waiting for someone to pick you up when no one was answering? I know. And I think my phone was like almost dead. It was like awful. So then where did you go after that? So then I went back to a staying at mom's at the time. Um, and I just laid in bed all day. And you were like, was that a nightmare? Like it was the worst day of my life. Like for months, I felt like numb. Yeah. Like I couldn't even believe what I went through. And um, even I mean, even after that, though, I, I still drank. Like, you know, I was going to say. So, like, I remember receiving the text from you, like you texted Sheridan and I. You were like, hey, I just got out of jail and, um, you know, I'm not going to drink. And I don't know. You kind of just did a little like summary on how you're feeling. And obviously, like we were very worried about you. Um. And yeah, you mentioned that you weren't going to drink. And then mm-hmm. I remember like maybe like a couple of days later, I went to mom's and you were like drinking a bottle of wine. And I was like, oh, okay. Not that I was yeah. like judging, but I was like, oh, you, you know, that I think it puts things into perspective when mm-hmm. you're like pulled over um, for a DUI. And then, so what happened from there? Like you have a breath breathalyzer yeah. in your car. I know it's um, tricky and you're still going through it. I'm still going through it. It's been like, oh God, it's been like a year and a half, maybe wow. a little over that, but I got a lawyer and everything. So, um, he's still working on the case. I still don't officially have a DUI. Um, I got a breathalyzer in my car because I had to get a breathalyzer and go to AA. Like eventually once I got my DUI from the court, so he was like, just get on it. Just start doing it now. So I got the breathalyzer. I've had it for so long. And it's not even counting for like any of my court right now because I don't have a DUI. That's like, the craziest thing to me though, is that you don't officially have that on your record. I know. Well, now it just looks and good. And maybe it won't be. Now it just looks good record. for the court yeah. that I have it in my car. Like holding you accountable and being like, Hey, yeah. I've been doing this for like, exactly. How, however long. And it's weird. I mean, like even when I got it and I kept drinking and stuff, I just think like, I go back to thinking about all my drinking days and I always was drinking the most when I was going through something, obviously. Mm-hmm. So with like the DUI and everything, I kept just drinking. And then I was going through like a breakup at the time too. And then yeah. I just kept drinking. And then that one night when I just snapped in my head and I was like, I can't do this anymore. But like, it takes a while to get there. Like you don't realize it. I mean, alcohol is so addictive. And I think we turn to it a lot of the mm-hmm. times when we are dealing with stuff or when we feel lost because we feel like it'll help numb our feelings, our emotions. It'll help in the moment. 
Um, but at the end of the day, like you might wake up hungover the next day or you might not, but you're still going to have to deal with all your shit. Yeah. And I feel bad that you still are, but I'm also so proud of you for, you know, I know it's not easy having that breathalyzer. Like oh when God, we drive with awful. Sid, it goes beep, beep, beep. And she has to blow it like random times. She'll be like turning. She'll be on the freeway. I know. Please do not drink and drive. It's not worth it. Yeah. Honestly, like even I don't even have it that bad, honestly, compared to other people. But even having this breathalyzer in my car is so awful. Like even like the smallest things. Like one time I was driving and I stopped and there was a really cute guy next to me. And then my breathalyzer goes beep, beep, beep. And I'm like, oh my God, are you serious? So oh then I have to God. pick it up and start blowing. I'm like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> over. So awful. Oh my gosh. It's literally so awful. Like you really take for granted just putting your keys in your ignition <laughs> and just going. Yeah. It's oh really sad. But it's crazy. I still can't believe that even happened. But in a weird way, like, do you feel like it was like a blessing in disguise? Like, do you think you would have stopped drinking if you hadn't gotten a DUI? I don't know, honestly. I mean, like I said, at my deepest points, I was drinking the most. And that was a very deep point. Um, I am. I did learn a lot and I think that me getting a DUI and stuff also helps other people because I did go through like something like that. I mean, a lot of people get DUIs and stuff and they keep drinking and yeah. they don't really see that there is another outlet. Yeah. Like a lot of people that I talk to that are sober too, like have gotten DUIs and have gone through it. And I'm just glad that I snapped out of it a few months later. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad that, I mean, I'm not glad that you have to deal with all of that. Like, I know it's been really hard and with the lawyer and with dealing with all of that. And even you had such difficulty trying to sign up for AA and doing this all during mm -hmm. a pandemic has been like really difficult. It's made it extra tricky. Um, but I don't know. I'm just glad that you're not drunk driving anymore because I just remember I, I was only there one night when I witnessed it and I was just like so worried and we like track each other maybe that's weird but like we do we have like find my friends um and I just remember being like I just don't know how she's driving right now and I I was worried for you I was worried for other people on the road and yeah I mean like you said like it's not worth it to get behind the steering wheel if you drink um, no. and it's so important to be extra safe just for your safety and the safety of others most importantly um and especially with the holidays coming up I know we touched on that in our last mm -hmm. episode is that I feel like there are a lot of incidents where people run into cars or run into people um, because they were drinking over the holidays or they leave a party really late or they're still drunk in the morning. So I think it's just something to take so seriously. And I'm, I'm really proud of you for, you know, going through this and coming out stronger and you're mm -hmm. sober. And I think just like even going back into court, I think obviously that's going to help you so much that you've I mean, you like have a, a literal sober podcast. I know. Like, <laughs> I feel like like a brand new person, like that person, even like talking to my lawyer, I'm like, I'm not that person anymore. It's just yeah. crazy to kind of think, look back at that. And also like with the holidays and stuff, get an Uber. I know right now it's hard. Like you kind of have to wait a longer while, but please just get an Uber. It's like so not worth it. This DUI has cost me so much money already and I don't even officially have it. That's what's crazy too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, And it's on your record forever. Oh, dearie. Hopefully it's not on your record. But anyway, I'm proud of you for how you've dealt with it. And I know it hasn't been easy. And I know like 
I don't know, like, have you ever had, since you've had so many frustrating moments with this DUI, do you, have you ever had any moments where you're like, I just like want to drink because that's how you used to deal with oh, things yeah. that were hard? I have a lot before because I've been so frustrated with this thing. Like it was been, it was impossible to sign up for AA and then I had to get a breathalyzer. Then I had to change my car insurance and then it was more expensive. And then I had to pay for the lawyer. It's been like so many things on top of each other. And for some reason, the system makes it so hard to do all these steps. Like it's not easy. And even when I talk to my lawyer and stuff, I don't understand what he's saying half the time. Like I don't get the, that lingo. I don't get the system. I don't yeah. understand it. It has been so difficult. And then trying to sign up for AA and then there was like stuff at that organization that was bad. And so then I try to find another, it's just like, it's been really hard and I've had, oh my God, so many times. I think I had three times I tried to sign up for AA and I didn't have the right sheet. And I just cried in my car because I was mm -hmm. like, I am trying so hard and I have come so far to be a better person. And I don't feel like I'm getting any leeway with it. Like, yeah. I just felt like it was so heavy and I would just lay in my bed and cry because I'm trying as hard as I can to get past this, yeah. but it's still on my shoulders. Yeah. Just like constantly a reminder. I mean, with that beep, 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 and mm -hmm. you're constantly dealing with that. How has that like been, um, on your mental health? Like, I mean, you say you've been like crying in bed and all of this stuff, like how, how, um, how do you deal? Like what things do you do to calm yourself? Like, is there certain things that you do that are helpful for you? Like if someone else is struggling just with anything, mm -hmm. um, like how do you deal? Um, honestly, I hold my feelings in a lot until it becomes like too much, the biggest problem. Like I usually don't like to reach out to people when I'm like bawling and stuff. I don't like feeling like that or feeling mm -hmm. like other people have to help me. Um, the last time that I cried over the DUI, I did call mom and she was like, you're fine. Like you're doing great. Just like, remember who you are. Remember what you're doing. Like, and that really helped me. And honestly, I was just like, okay, I'm just going to go take a bath and get into bed because I don't want to go anywhere that I have to feel bad about anything or feel like I would reach for a drink because there's no alcohol at my apartment or anything, but it, do, it does make me like think about like, Oh, I just want to drink and like not feel this in the moment. Mm -hmm. But then after like I have a nap and stuff, I'm like, wow, like I'm so happy that I dealt with it in that way. Like call someone, reach out to someone, but also take a break. Like for me, like I said, I really take my feelings internal and so the last time that I did have like my little blow up I just had to like be by myself and deal with it because I well, don't that's how I work yeah I feel like just listening to like what your body needs what your mind needs I mean like you yeah. said just taking a bath or getting in bed and watching like a happy movie or sleeping yeah. or something Disney like movies are my go-to <laughs> I know those are always like just happiness um but I'm just so proud of you. Um, I know that it's hard and that you continue to deal with it and that it isn't over and that it's frustrating and it's exhausting and it's tiring, but I'm just proud of you for not reaching for a drink because I feel like that's like quote unquote, like, I don't know the easy way out, but it's really doesn't make life any easier. Yeah. Um, I mean, and look at you, look how far you've come. I think that's crazy that it was like a year and a half ago because I know 
so much can change. And so babes, like if you, you know, want to make this change in your life, or if you're like, I don't know how long I can do this. Like you can do it. And you can, and let yourself be vulnerable, like open up, talk to people because other people are going through stuff too, and they can help you. I just like, I wish that I was more of an open person. Every time I had like a feeling of like crying or craving, I would like reach out, which I've been trying to get better at, but it's so hard to take it on by yourself. Absolutely. Oh, I love you. I love you. Babes, thank you so much for joining us for this episode of The Real Sisters of Sobriety. Make sure that you email us with any questions you have. Speaking of that email, no one has emailed us. So if you are one of the first to email us after hearing this, we are going to buy you some coffee from Starbucks. So make sure you email us at therealsistersofsobriety at gmail.com. We cannot wait to hear from you. I'm Shay. I'm Sydney. Keep it real, babes. Babes.